the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Oteville. To God be the glory, great things He has done. Join us at the Arena of Christ Temple East as we bid farewell to 2023 and welcome our God year, 2024. Get ready to worship, praise, pray, and to experience the power of God through the ministry of Pastor Mensah Otabil. Receive the grace to recover all that which was lost. Recover lost time. Recover lost opportunities. Recover lost resources. You will recover all. Come along with your family. Gather your loved ones. And let's do this together. Don't miss Crossover with Pastor Mensah Otabil at 9 p.m. It's a celebration like no other. And now, today's word. My message simply is titled, Stand. Stand. And so I came in this morning to encourage you to keep standing. You've come this far by faith. And you didn't come this far to quit. You have come by the grace of God. He has brought you this far. And just to make it to the end of December, uh, in every year, uh, is, is just something to be grateful to God for. Because there were many moments in this year when you felt like life was not worth it. But thank God you stood. So turn to somebody next to you and tell them, I'm still standing. I'm still here. I'm going nowhere. I'm still here. I'm still standing. Amen. To stand means to rise up and to maintain an upright position. To rise up and to maintain an upright position. So when we say somebody is standing, it means they've made the effort to move from a lower level to a higher level. They've moved from a lower level to a higher level, and it means that they are maintaining an upright position, chest out, legs firmly fixed, and positioned. And God wants each one of us to stand. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 17, uh, says something about fighting and standing, and this is what it says. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your waist uh, girded with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, four times in this passage, the scriptures encourage us to stand. And we look at those uh, four statements, and I'll group them into three occasions when the passage tells us to stand. The first time we see the encouragement to stand is in verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And in that context, it says, if we're going to stand, we have to stand against something. So you're not just standing by standing, but you're standing in resistance. You're standing in opposition. You're standing against something. And what are the things that we're supposed to stand against? We're supposed to stand against whatever the devil throws at us. Whenever you take a stand for God, you have to deal with spiritual attacks. So Paul calls those spiritual attacks principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, and he calls them hosts of wickedness. That means a lot of wicked stuff. So... For a person who resolves to live a holy life for God, there will be all kinds of things you have to stand against. The day you decide, I will stop smoking, somebody will smoke right in front of you. The day you say, I'll stop drinking alcohol, I'll not get drunk again, somebody is going to send you a nice bottle of wine, which you got this Christmas. The devil is a liar. That Christmas present was not from God. Because you had determined that you will not drink. And then they sent you a drink. It is something coming against you. The day you decide, oh, I'm going to live holy. Oh, I will be faithful to my wife. Then somebody comes around and gives you a call. For the person who wants to build a good marriage, you have to expect that there will be evil powers that come against you. For the person who wants to succeed in your life's mission, there'll be all kinds of arrows thrown at you to bring you down. You have to make a decision that whatever Satan throws against you, you are going to stand. Whatever comes against you, you're going to stand. Whether it's a conspiracy of the devil, whether it's a principality coming against you, whether it's a power coming against you, you're going to stand. And you are here because the devil threw all kinds of arrows against you, but here you are still standing. Stand against everything that Satan throws against you. Stand against the feeling that you are losing. The feeling that you are losing is probably one of your greatest enemies. When people feel they are losing, they lose. When you feel it's not working, it won't work. When an athlete feels she or he is losing, their muscles will freeze up. When a football team feels it is losing, it concedes a lot of goals. You can have a football team playing, two teams playing, goalless. For a long time, nobody's scoring a goal. Everybody defending well. And then somehow, one team concedes a goal. And they just, the resolve breaks down. They start feeling they are losing. And the goals pile on, pile on, pile on. Almost as if one moment they are strong, the next moment they are weak. Because they have a feeling they are losing. If you think you are losing, you will lose. Never allow your mind to tell you that you are losing or that you have lost. 
you have to stand against that. If you feel somehow at this end of the day, you feel, oh, it's been a bad year for me. Oh, it didn't work out for me. Oh, life has been so impossible. Oh, I don't think I'm going to win. The devil is playing a trick on you. He's coming against your mind. He wants you to feel you are losing. And if you feel you're losing, you would lose. You have to stand against the spirit of weariness and tiredness. There's a story of a lady called Florence Chadwick. Florence Chadwick was a swimmer and the first woman to swim across the English Channel in 1950. And everybody hailed her as a great swimmer. She took on a challenge to swim from what is called Catalina Islands. It is off the coast of uh, California in the United States. And she was swimming from Catalina Islands to the mainland California. It's a 26-mile distance. Florence Chadwick, which is, who is a world swimmer, world class, everybody knew her as a formidable person, decided to take on this 26-mile swim. And as happens usually when you're swimming, you're not alone. There will be other boats and there will be sometimes people, your coach, edging you on, keep on swimming, keep on swimming. So she starts swimming. And as she swam across, getting close to the California uh, mainland, a fog developed, thick fog cloud, and she couldn't see. And she kept going and going, but she couldn't see. And people were encouraging her. Actually, her mother was in one of the boats near to her and telling her, Florence, go, Florence, go, Florence, go. But she couldn't see. And she felt like she's going nowhere. She felt she's not making progress. She's swimming in circles because she can't see the end. So somewhere in that whole effort when she's swimming, and it's not that she's just exhausted, but just she can't seem to, she feels she's losing. So eventually she signals to the boat and says, I'm quitting I can't swim any longer. So they picked her up. This is in 1952. They picked her up and uh, took her to the coast. And when they took her to the coast, she realized that she had swum for 25 miles and a half. 25 and a half miles. She had only half a mile to go. And she was later interviewed and asked, why did you quit? She said, because I couldn't see the coast of California. I couldn't see it. If the devil wants you to quit, he will make you stop seeing it. That it's over. It's, it, it can't work again. The marriage is over. The business is over. Your life is over. Nothing is going to work. And when he puts that cloud in front of you, you may be the best swimmer, you may be the best athlete, you may be the most intelligent person, you may be uh, educated to the highest level, but if he forks your understanding and you don't see it and the fog just stays in front of you and you don't see it, you're going to quit. And I came here to tell somebody this morning, you've swum for 25 and a half miles. What is left is less than what you have conquered. You have worked hard. You have labored hard. You have stood firm. You have survived adversity. You have overcome impossible situations. Stand! Because right across the street, there is a victory waiting for you. Right across the street, there is victory waiting for you. Right across the 
the year God is bringing you into something bigger and better. God is bringing you into fulfillment. You've worked, you've done all the hard work already. Don't stop swimming. Don't stop running. Don't stop standing. Don't give up now. Tell somebody I'm still standing. And I will keep standing. The greatest tragedies in life occurs when people work so hard and fail at the last moment because they are discouraged, they are weary, they've tried and tried and tried and tried, and they feel like they've made no progress. But I'm just here to tell you, you are making progress. You are swimming well. You are standing strong. Keep standing. Keep swimming. You are making progress. You're going to get there. It's hard. Your muscles are weak. The storms are getting against you. The fog is blinding you. You can't see. But as you keep swimming, you're getting closer and closer to your destination. Keep standing. So Paul says to us in Ephesians, stand against the wiles of the devil. The second time he tells us to stand is in verse 13. He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. Paul encourages us to withstand and to do everything we have to do to stand. Having done all to stand. If you're going to do, if you're going to stand, you have to do everything you have to do to stand. Do everything. Pull your intestines along. Pull your lungs along. Pull your heart along. Even when your muscles are tired, let your heart keep beating. Having done all to stand in, what Paul is saying is, don't be half-hearted about this thing. Don't be passive. Don't say, well, maybe I'll stand. Maybe I'll stand. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. Maybe I'll make it. Maybe I won't make it. He says, do everything to stand. Do everything. So what are the things that we have to do to keep standing? We have to pray for grace to keep standing. We stand by grace. Pray that God will keep you. And keep you standing. You have to do a lot of prayer. Because the battles of life require a lot of prayer. And prayer for grace. To keep standing. Pray. Seek God's face. Don't only just pray. But learn from people who kept standing. Look for the people who kept standing. And saw God's faithfulness in the end. In the Bible, you see many records of people who stood. Abraham stood. At 75, he was told he was going to be the father of many nations. He's going to produce a, a great child, a promised child through his wife, Sarah. The experience was so profound, he thought it was going to happen the next year. I mean, how are you going to feel if God himself shows up and says, I'm going to give you a child? I mean, that's not just another human being saying it or your doctor saying, yeah, it's possible you have a child. But God, Jehovah, comes and says you have a child. You think it will happen next year. 
75, it didn't happen. 76, it didn't happen. 77, it didn't happen. 78, it didn't happen. 80, it didn't happen. Whoa, did I hear right? 81, it didn't happen. 82, it didn't happen. 89, it didn't happen. He says, I'm sure he said, now my 90th birthday. God will give me a birthday present. 90, it didn't happen. 95, it didn't happen. 96, it didn't happen. 97, it didn't happen. More than 20 years have gone. 99. Finally, God shows up and says, next year about this time, your wife Sarah will laugh and embrace a child. From 75, you give a promise to an old man and then you wait another 25 years. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? The man is old already. But the Bible says, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was persuaded that faithful is he who has promised who also would do it. Learn from Abraham. Keep standing. David kept standing. He was 17 years old in his hometown in Bethlehem. One day a bearded man came. He's called Samuel. He says he's a prophet. And he says God has told him to anoint David king. If you are anointed king at 17, you think the next year you'll be on the throne. And I'm sure he's rehearsing his wave. You know, how he wave as a king. How he walk as a king. He's beginning to imagine himself as a king. But then life begins to get difficult for him. He goes to face Goliath. And then his father-in-law decides to mess up his life and conspire. The father-in-law, Saul, actually gave his daughter to David to trap him. What kind of father-in-law is that? And from then, he goes through the hardest period of his life. He's hiding in the wilderness. He's hiding in caves. At a certain point, he had to behave like a madman. He had to spit on his own beard. And, And he's going through all of that from age 17 to age 30. And he became king. David stood. David stood. And you will stand too. 